Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. Ah, I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. Grayson, we always kick things off with a weather update. Last night was bonkers. I don't yeah. know about you, but on the east side, it was, I mean, thunder was loud. Yeah, it woke me up early this morning. It definitely, uh, the first spring rain of the year has arrived, which means that I need to break out the lawnmower once a week going forward, which uh, is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, you get the spring with it, which is great. But then, you know, now every every Friday afternoon, I got a pencil into my calendar to break out the push mower and and sweat to the oldies a little bit. But hey, we're here. It's spring. The weather is turning. Our, our seasonal depression is on the rise. Football is getting closer and closer every day. A wonderful time of year but yeah that rain last night was pretty bananas yeah it was uh it was loud um both kids slept through it love it that great. um big dog was not feeling it um i had uh all 80 pounds on my head just like panting in my face <laughs> not 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 vibing at all but uh but we we powered through all right um We'll start things off here. Uh, we're going to talk about some O'Shawn Mathis, TCU transfer edge prospect. Ole Miss is reportedly back in the mix for second half of the show. We're going to touch on the big visit weekend that was in Oxford. But first, let's talk TCU edge, outside linebacker, defensive end, whatever you want to call it, O'Shawn Mathis. Um, yesterday, uh, myself was notified of um, a renewed interest from the Rebels and uh, the former TCU um, defensive lineman. Uh, for a while, it felt like it was just going to be Texas. Uh, the Longhorns hired Gary Patterson, uh, but I don't even know what his title is. Is it analyst or is it just assistant? What, what, what is he, advisor? Just happy to be there. Just, just you know, middle-aged man sweating. <laughs> um, yeah, GP is just roaring through some dry fits over there in Austin, Texas. But yeah, I think a lot of people just assumed that he would follow his old coach. Um, he took an official visit there, really enjoyed it. Um, recently just got back from an official visit in, at uh, Nebraska. Um, sources tell me that uh, the Cornhuskers um, have made a compelling case. Uh, Scott Frost, I, for the life of me, I, I just, it's, it's astonishing to me that they are still relevant with how mediocre to bad they've been under Scott Frost. I don't know if the dude is just charismatic as hell players coach. Um, I don't know. Maybe Lincoln is just great this time of year, but um, 
The Ole Miss spirit was told yesterday, source close to the recruitment, that uh, Ole Miss is back in the mix and they are recruiting him, trying to sign him. Um, and even though early returns from spring practice after three weeks, the defensive line has looked great. Um, one Ben Garrett of the Ole Miss spirit has been at those practices. He's seen them in action. He says they look good. Uh, Randall Joyner has been pleased. Chris Partridge um, has been pleased with how the defense has looked up front. Um, but they still want to try to get one more impact guy to just bolster that room and to um, improve that pass rush. I think guys like Brandon Mack coming off the injury um, completely from the looks of it changed his body. Um, looks every bit of a SEC defensive end now. Um, Demon Clowney is making a push. You've got obviously said Johnson returning, um, but they're trying to replace the All-American Sam Williams and O'Shawn Mathis would be someone that would help them replace that hole that is left on one side of the defensive line. But that's where things stand right now. We were told Ole Miss is trying to uh, get back in the mix and try to get an official visit on the schedule because he is yet to take one to Oxford. So that is the case. But uh, what are you hearing? Yeah, I, I think the general consensus is so O'Shawn released his top five um, back a couple months ago, and it's down to USC, Texas, Ole Miss, Penn State, and Nebraska. He just visited Nebraska. He's been to Texas a couple times. I don't believe he's visited USC, and I'm not confident, but I don't think he's been to Penn State either. Um, he is not. We, we know that he you know, hasn't really spent all that much time in Oxford. He... Spent a good bit of time over the weekend in Lincoln. So the general consensus is that Texas still makes the most sense for him. Yeah. But like you said, and like kind of there's been rumblings here in the last couple of days that Ole Miss is really making this push. And I think that comes after, like you said, spring practice has been great with that defensive line, but they're missing that one piece. So I think maybe part of the, the thinking was, We'll go ahead and see what we have during spring practice and kind of step off of Mathis a little bit. And then once they've seen, you know, what an impact he could be to add to an already impressive room, they got back into him. And, and over the weekend, yesterday, after um, returning from Lincoln, he came out and said, my announcement will be at the end of this month. So it's not like there's a huge rush here to get anything done tomorrow. Um, there wasn't a particularly mm -hmm. short timeline to his recruitment. So they were able to kind of take that step back and then get back into the mix. Now um, we've talked about Matt in the past and he would be, I mean, an unbelievable addition to add to that room alongside Jared Ivy. I mean, you've been talking the size at six, five to 60, um, just unbelievably athletic for his size, great length, really good at managing distance uh, between him and the offensive line. He's a very strong pass rusher and uses a lot of leg drive. Um, and when necessary, he, he can kind of get that extra violence and just bull rush his way into the backfield. So I think he would be a very prominent addition um, and the fact that Ole Miss was so far out of it to the point where you and I hadn't even really considered him to 
be in the mix for someone who could ultimately end up in Oxford in the next couple of weeks to now, it seems to me like it's Texas pretty heavily in the lead and then Nebraska and Ole Miss, you know, battling for that number two spot with a month to go. There's a chance they could get Mathis down to Oxford for a visit. I think that would help seal the deal once you could show him, hey, this is what we've got going on on our defensive line. Here's exactly where you fit in. I don't know whether Nebraska can say that or not. I don't know whether Texas can say that or not, but at Ole Miss, based off of what we've seen from the defensive line and what we've heard about from the defensive coordinators, they know exactly what they're looking for and they know exactly where they could put a guy like Mathis. So that could be a selling point if they can get him to campus. But with all this being said, I think it will be very difficult to overcome Texas. Uh, but I'm not going to go ahead and count Ole Miss out just yet because I had counted them out. And now that they're back in the mix, we have seen with previous transfer portal recruits and even just high school recruits that Ole Miss is really good at getting into the mix late, or in this case, back into the mix late and finding the perfect way to pitch themselves to a recruit. So I think Mathis will end up at Texas, but I think there's a lot of ball to be played in the next two or three weeks with his recruitment and showing him exactly the, the puzzle piece that he is, is something that it's very hard for any program to do um, at any point in time. And Ole Miss can do that right now saying, Hey, this is exactly where we want you exactly where we could use your value, where you fit in. And I think that could be something that, is very valuable to Mathis, but again, we'll have to wait and see whether Ole Miss can really stand out over the Longhorns. Yeah, uh, you, you know, the intel that we got was that Texas wasn't the front runner that many thought they were. Uh, and again, you know, the reporting, you know, can get a little construed and the portal is crazy as it is, but I think. There, there were some people that were taken aback by this and were like, well, I didn't know Ole Miss was even in the mix. You know, I talked to a couple of people in Texas yesterday that were shocked to see that. And, you know, Hey, we can only report what, what we're told and what we hear from people that we trust. Um, but I know some Texas people were, were a little, you know, Oh, well, you know, eyebrows were raised a little bit. Um, I did speak to someone in Texas that's close to, O'Shawn Mathis and his recruitment and a big thing for where he wants to go is not all of it, but a lot of it is based on um, somewhere where his mother can see him play. Um, you know, he's originally from Texas, from Manor, Texas. Um, I'd have to do a quick Google search of where that actually is. Um, efforting here. Manor, Texas looks to be just outside of Austin. So make a lot of sense for him to go to Texas, right? Um, now, if we do a quick search of how far Lincoln, Nebraska is, that is a 12-hour car ride. So not great. Um, if we do Oxford. In the ballpark. I mean, at that point, you're looking at 12 hours. What's 
what's 14 or 15. Yeah. So car 10 hours and change, almost 11. So it's close. Um, and again, you know, the, the report yesterday was not a, well, Texas is out of it. Now I still think the Longhorns are in it, but again, like we said at the top of the show, it's not exactly a home run done deal. Like many thought from what we had, we'd been told. Um, and again, Ole Miss has a lot of ties to the state of Texas on the staff. Randall Joyner, the prospective position coach for Oshawn Mathis, has a big presence in the state of Texas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know that there are some people in the state of uh, Texas that were a little shocked um, and said that, you know, that was news to them. Hey, could be wrong. There's literally no telling. Recruiting changes all the time and the portal changes all the time and sometimes can take a while to flush out as we saw with Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg. Um, one, there are- one, one thing that I will say with Mathis here is I don't, I don't know, you know, what the, the numbers look like on the back end, but I think that NIL might have something fairly significant to do with his next opportunity or rather where he ends up Um, because back in March, Casey Thompson, who was the quarterback at Texas last year, for those who didn't know now at Nebraska uh, battling for a starting job over there. But Casey Thompson came out and said back in March that the NIL opportunities are actually better at Nebraska than at Texas because Lincoln is quote more close knit than Austin is. Now, I don't know whether to take that with a grain of salt or whatever, because I know Texas is doing just fine with their NIL opportunities, but Casey Thompson came out and said that back in March and Oshan responded to that quote about Nebraska having better NIL opportunities than Texas with a bunch of like flushed emoji faces. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know for a fact that NIL has something to do with Oshan's recruitment, but the fact that he even took note and publicly responded to the fact that Casey Thompson said that NIL opportunities in Nebraska are better at Texas um, or better at Nebraska than Texas is obviously something to keep an eye on because if Lincoln is quote unquote more close knit than Austin, Oxford certainly is as well. So that could be something to keep an eye on there too. Maybe Texas just can't offer him those NIL opportunities that he's seeking. Yeah. And I did a quick Google map search there. Um, USC and Penn state, the other schools that are involved here, um, both 20 plus hour car rides. So I'd venture to say that his, mother would probably fly wherever she goes unless it's going to see her son play for the Longhorns. Uh, Cause that's just down the road. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's, I mean, look, we, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, we talked with Grant Furking last week. We talked a good bit about NIL being used as a recruitment inducement and trying to sway people's decisions using NIL, even though you're not supposed to, people are doing it. Let's, let's not be naive here. Um, especially in the portal, because these prospects are looking to go somewhere for, you know, uh, a one-year stop before they go to the NFL or possibly two, depending on if they want to utilize their extra year of eligibility for COVID. 
Um, and again, we haven't mentioned it, kind of buried the lead here, but um, O'Shawn Mathis did get into the portal before the cutoff, so he would be eligible for the 2022 season. Um, but the timeline that he has given himself, you know, the end of April, um, you know, leads me to think that he's wanting to make a decision and get on campus for summer and uh, get ready for fall camp. He doesn't want to waste any more time since he's already missed three weeks of spring ball um, or up to three weeks. I mean, some schools have been going a little bit longer than Ole Miss, but, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to follow. And again, I know there were some, some hand-wringing people clutching at pearls about the report and saying that, oh, no, that's not right. Like, Texas is still in the lead. Hey, look, I, I as well as my colleagues at the Ole Miss Spirit, can only report what we are being told. So, um, and, and again, the, the people in Texas didn't tell me that that was flat-out wrong. They just said, oh, like, that would be, that would be an interesting twist because, um, you know, after he had the official visit to Texas, everything seemed to be, you know, Hey, everything went great, but then he took the official visits to Nebraska. Right. With the timeline of end of the month being when he wants to make a decision, one would venture to guess that Ole Miss is going to try to get him in either this weekend or for the Grove Bowl in two weeks. Um, that would be right at the, you know, the end of the month. Um, one thing we haven't talked about, obviously Ole Miss has two of his former teammates on the roster in Oxford. Um, Kari Coleman and Zach Evans. So that is probably something that Ole Miss has in their back pocket that Texas doesn't have, Nebraska doesn't have. Um, so two prominent guys that played a lot of ball at TCU, made a lot of plays, and are probably going to do so in an Ole Miss uniform in 2022. So, um, yeah, something to follow. Again, just what we're told. So um, we're going to take our first break. Hear from the sponsors when we come back. Got a, a little bit of uh, some breaking news we'll touch on, and then we'll get into the, uh, the weekend that was with the uh, big-time visitors that were in town. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta Catfish to Smash Burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com, and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. 
show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson Weir with you. Uh, teased it, uh, some breaking news somewhat, nothing too crazy. Um, just came across the old timeline on Twitter. Uh, Jake Weingarten of stockrisers.com tweeted that Olness has entered the race for top 35 senior Terrell Ward, um, former Xavier commit, uh, has reopened things. He is from Hyattsville, Maryland, DeMatha Catholic one of the more prominent programs in the country. Um, number 11, small forward in the country, four-star. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much all I got. I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to get him. Um, a lot of people are trying to get after him. Uh, USC, LSU, and Matt McMahon, and that new staff down there. Uh, one Ronnie Hamilton that was at Ole Miss is now on staff in Baton Rouge. Louisville, Oregon, and Virginia Tech are all after the uh, 6'7", 185 forward from Maryland. So add him to the list of uh, players that Ole Miss is trying to rebuild the roster with. So, um, And once again, add him to the list of players Ole Miss is trying to be re- rebuild the roster with. Another 6'7", forward. Who simply cannot shoot. I mean, what are it's the same player every single time. Don't get me wrong, Tyrell Ward is a very good player. He would be a great addition to Ole Miss. But oh my God, another six, seven forward. What is can we get some something else? Someone else? Maybe go get a big man. Maybe go get a uh, someone who can play the five. I mean, my goodness, but Ward would be a great addition should that come to fruition, but my God, I think the entire roster is six, seven forwards at this point. Yeah. Just looking uh, briefly at Joe Tipton of on three, looking at a scouting report, Jamie Shaw of on three, the national recruiting analyst um, said, quote, explosive downhill wing, good length, positional size. Um, He's developed a, a lot as a shot creator over the last year. Good in the mid-range, good footwork off the bounce. He's confident, has touch, especially in the mid-range. We'll need to continue putting on strength. The jump shot from three can be streaky. Um, and he's a quiet person by nature, but plays with a passion. So, not sure if he will be the answer that Olmos is looking for in the portal. But, uh, yeah, just a name to, uh, to know and follow along on Twitter if that's your thing. Uh, all right. So let's talk about some notable guys that were in town over the weekend for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin as they hosted 20-plus prospects again. Um, it was a little bit of everybody. You had some 2023, some 24, some 25. Um, big group, but uh, let's, let's, let's talk about the heavy hitters here. Uh, first off, the lone official visitor in town, Bryson Sanders. The Ole Miss legacy was in town. Um, I... 
look, official visits always go always go well. Uh, it, it's 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 not something that uh that oh like I I went for an official visit but I just absolutely hated it. That that hardly ever happens in recruiting. But um, he told Ben Garrett after um, the visit said it went very well. Uh, he'd say the highlights were spending time with the coaches and the players, spent a lot of time with the offensive staff, and then uh, hung out with Eli Acker, Nick Broker, Mason Brooks. Um, he said his family thought it was super fun. And uh, the visit definitely opened his eyes a lot more. Um, another quote that stood out to me, um, he talked about um, Coach Kiffin, told him that he plays a lot older than he is, um, and that if he came to Ole Miss, he would have a chance to play very early. Um, and then the, uh, the last, uh, quote here, he said he likes Ole Miss because of Kiffin and offensive line coach Jake Thornton. He says, yeah, I know if I played Ole Miss, the offense will score a lot of points and I would play for a younger offensive line coach with energy. Seems to be the theme that people are, uh, continue to say about Jake Thornton, young, tons of energy, very knowledgeable. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, uh, recently released a top four of LSU, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Uh, my, quote, professional opinion is that uh, Tennessee and LSU is the top competition here. Um, Oklahoma is, is very much in the mix, but I, I feel like it's going to be one of those three of LSU, Ole Miss, or Tennessee. Um, he's been to Tennessee plenty of times. Obviously, he's from Chattanooga, so he's been to Knoxville plenty. Um, took a trip to LSU and Oklahoma as well. Um, I, I feel like this is one where um, probably going to want to have a decision made before his senior season. That's kind of the theme now with the December signing period being so big. February is not as big of a deal anymore. Guys are wanting to not only get a decision made so they can focus on their senior season, but a lot of guys are graduating early. Once they're done with high school, that, that fall semester, they're done. They graduate. They head out. They get on campus, start to get acclimated to uh, going to class in college and being in a college system, being in a locker room, nutrition plan, strength and conditioning, all of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Ole Miss uh, definitely made an impression and then some on Bryson Sanders. But uh, what do you think? I think Ole Miss is in a really good spot with Bryson Sanders. We've talked about how much – I've talked about how much I – absolutely love him as a prospect um similar to like i said with mathis i think a big part of what could get bryson to oxford and i mean he said it himself with that that quote more or less is that the coaching staff was able to sit down with him over the weekend and kind of break down here's what our offensive line looks like right now here's what it's going to look like next year there's a lot of holes that will need to be filled in the next year two years especially on the offensive line. And like Bryson said about his conversation with Kiffin, there's a real opportunity for him to get in there and play early. I think that other schools may not have that ability to really sit down and say, hey, here's exactly where we would put you at. If all things go according to plan and you are the player that we think you are, we can play you right here, you know, week one of next season or right here week one of two years from now with next year, you can be a rotational guy who kind of fills in across the line. I think that's a really valuable thing, especially as an offensive lineman 
to know that you're able to fill in to a specific spot rather than there's been a lot of turnover on the offensive line in the last couple of years, a lot of players moving here, moving there. And otherwise to be able to get a guy like Bryson Sanders at Ole Miss, put him in a definitive position from day one, whether that be left tackle, right tackle, right guard, et cetera. You can put him in a definitive position from day one and say, this is where you are going to be for the next four years. That's not always the case at other schools. And I think that's a real selling point for offensive linemen in this class and particularly a guy like Bryson Sanders to where Lane said it himself, you know, he could see him getting to campus and and playing right away. Um, I think maybe you can develop his frame a little bit. 6'6", 280, while that's definitely a large human being, um, you'd like to get him closer to 300, if not even over 300 if you can. And I think that's very doable. If you can get him into the system right away and you can say you'll be in this spot for four years, that's that's something that's very valuable and could ultimately be that deciding factor for someone who could play a lot of different positions on the next level. You could put him, you could get him up to 310 and put him at left tackle. You could get him up to 290 and put him at right tackle. You could keep him where he is and put him at left guard. Um so being able to have a clear picture of what your future looks like, especially as an offensive lineman, could be a really big leg up over LSU and Tennessee. And I'm with you. I think he's going to stay in the SEC. He's either going to stay and play in his home state, um, maybe mix things up and go to LSU. But I think I think it comes down to Tennessee and Ole Miss in the end. Um, we'll see where that ends up when all things come to a close, but I think Ole Miss is in a really good spot with Bryson Sanders. Another big name that was in town, wasn't on our initial visitor list, but uh, slid in town on Saturday. Uh, Aiden Williams, the four-star receiver from Ridgeland, Mississippi, 6'2", 186. Ole Miss been in a comfortable lead um, for a good bit now. Derek Nix, um, recruiting him obviously his position coach but uh lane kiffin personally recruiting aiden williams i talked with him back in february at the under armor next camp in atlanta um spoke highly of the staff said he liked what lane kiffin and the offense has done in their two years um but uh, lsu and tennessee are coming on strong as well um uh i don't know for sure he was scheduled to take a visit over the weekend to Alabama. I'm not sure if he actually made it or not. He doesn't have an offer from the Crimson Tide yet, um, but that could obviously change some things if they were to extend an offer. I know that Ole Miss is making a big push for him. He's probably one of their top targets, regardless of position, for the 2023 class. Um, I think uh, the homegrown – hey, look at the other guys that are from Mississippi that came here and played receiver and look at where they are at now. Obviously, A.J. Brown, Dante Moncrief, um, D.K. Metcalf, um, Mike Espy played at Ole Miss. He's a trainer in the state of Mississippi, trains Aiden Williams. Um, that certainly doesn't hurt for uh, somebody like him that's been there, done that, played in the NFL. Um, but, I mean, look, I mean, we, we joke all the time about wide receiver you and how – um, Ole Miss has done a nice job 
regardless of who the head coach has been, really. I mean, over the years, I mean, Mike Wallace, Shea Hodge, uh, Laquan Treadwell, um, guys have come to Ole Miss, played in an offense, you know, whether that was David Cutcliffe, Houston Nutt, Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin. The receiver position has really been productive. Um, I think that that has really caught his attention. And then um, I would still think, as we record this on April 12th at 12.39 p.m. Central Time, that uh, one of Aiden Williams' friends, Mississippi prospect, uh, Deion Smith, is still expected to end up at Ole Miss. He's still in the portal. He did not return to LSU. He's not on their roster. Uh, whenever his academic requirements are met, he will report to Oxford and will be on the roster. So um, him coming to town was big. Um, I, I don't know if it was – you know, the staff might have been trying to keep it under wraps, but he showed up, enjoyed his time, did the whole jersey photo shoot thing. Um, but, yeah, that was a big one um, because he is really starting to create some buzz on the recruiting trail as LSU, Cortez Hankton, um, who left Georgia and is now in Baton Rouge as the receivers coach, is, is really recruiting him hard. And then the Tennessee Vols are really making some noise. They obviously got Nico. I am Oliva, and um, they are recruiting at a high level right now. He's been up to Knoxville, had a good visit there. But I still think that Ole Miss is in the catbird seat here. Um, and uh, him coming in town for yet another visit. And I believe it is his third visit since – October of last year, I believe he was in town for the LSU game. Um, but he came in January and then came back um, for yet another unofficial. So, hey, as we say, follow the visits. It's not the worst sign for a guy like Aiden Williams to uh, possibly change his mind and not go to Tuscaloosa to come back to Oxford. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he's not getting more attention nationally. I think Aiden Williams is a really, really, really good receiver who can step into a program and become a very valuable asset by year two, if not, you know, year one. Um, I don't know why he hasn't gained more interest. I don't know why his offer sheet isn't as big as at least I think it should be. But assuming that it stays where it is and that Alabama offer doesn't come in, maybe a couple other offers that pique his interest. I think Ole Miss is in the driver's seat and will continue to finish across the finish line with Aiden Williams uh, in tow unless there are other offers that get in the mix. But if you were to look at his current offer sheet, I, I think Ole Miss is in a pretty substantial lead and I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 seven, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. 
former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. In February in Atlanta, he told me, quote, I don't have a set date right now, but it won't be long. Uh, then he went on to say, I want to get it done before my senior season. So um, he has had a chance to meet with Charlie Weiss Jr. He said back in January when he took the trip, they sat down, they ate, hung out, watched some film, talked about how they want to use him. Um, they're, they're, look, it's so cliche when talking recruiting, but it's very true. The, the relationship that he has with Derek Nix is, is what's pivotal here. Um, he told me that he talks with Coach Nix all the time, and he said he, he told me just – take my time and take my visits. Um, he went on further to say he isn't going to pressure me at all. Plus I've been there before. So I know what I'm getting with Ole Miss. So that's what it, I think speaks volumes. He, he knows Ole Miss. He knows Oxford. He's been there plenty of times. He's been to games. He's been to campus. He's hung out with friends there. He's done the student thing. He's gone to parties, whatever. But 
for him to already be very familiar with Ole Miss and for him to continue to come back, um, I think that that speaks pretty clear that Ole Miss is on his mind and, and he's very interested there. Another school um, that uh, I think is one to watch out for, I wouldn't say that they're a threat yet, um, but he did tell me that he hears from Oklahoma a lot. Obviously, Coach uh, Jeff Levy left Ole Miss and is now in Norman. He and Kale Gundy talk to him a lot. They've gone to see him at his school. Um, so that could be somebody to watch out for. If he were to take a visit there, they could start to be mentioned in the mix as well. But, yeah, for now, I think Ole Miss is, is in the lead. And yeah, I wouldn't say it's a sizable one, but I think it's pretty comfortable right now. Comfortable is a good word. Yeah. All right. Um, another uh, 2023 prospect that we can touch on before we get on to the underclassmen. Um, a guy that, that I think is, is a very, very interesting prospect, and, and you watch some of his film and you, you like what you've seen, um, Jai Eugene Jr., uh, 2023 athlete out of Destrehan, Louisiana, obviously the son of Jai Eugene Sr., played at LSU, won a national championship there, was a four-year letterman, very, very good player during his time in Baton Rouge. He took a visit. Um, he told Ben Garrett, said, quote, the visit was awesome. Did a campus tour, had meetings with a few of the coaches, said that um, when he received the offer while he was on his visit from uh, Coach Marty Biaghi, formerly of Purdue, now at Ole Miss, very big presence in the state of Louisiana. Um, talked a lot about him when I was at Elite 11 in Baton Rouge. Ricky Collins, another quarterback that Ole Miss is recruiting, who is committed to Purdue, but Ole Miss has his attention, and it's all because of Marty Biaghi. Said that uh, he committed to Purdue because of Biaghi. Um, and despite saying that he is still committed to the Boilermakers, he is still very interested in Ole Miss. We'll see what happens at the quarterback position down the line if he were to take a trip to come check it out further. But, um, yeah, Jai Eugene Jr. said, my, you know, quote, my initial reaction to getting the offer was shocking. He was very excited knowing a school like that believed in him and his talents to play at the next level. said the offer definitely means a lot to me. Um, again, the theme just seems to be the staff and their energy um, I think that they have a way with connecting with prospects because they're a little bit on the younger side. Um, and look, I mean, I think Kiffin has done an, a fantastic job rounding out some of the vacancies in his staff with younger guys um, that are energetic, high, they're, they're high energy. They can relate to these guys because they're younger. They're in their late twenties, early thirties. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that uh, this one is one to keep an eye on. Um, he is a legacy at LSU, obviously, um, but he has yet to get an offer from them. But um, play some quarterback in high school, listed as a quarterback on On Three's uh, database. But um, Virginia, Nickel State are his other offers. Florida State, Miami, Mississippi State, and LSU obviously are keeping tabs on him, but have not offered yet. But yeah, I, I think he's an, an impressive athlete, six foot, one eighty eight, um, can really move well. Um, I, Ole Miss, I believe, is recruiting him as a defensive back. But um, I think that they just love him as a prospect and, and his ability and his athleticism. Yeah, he's a really fun one to watch because you don't really know where he's going to play or when. You know, if he wants to play quarterback, Ole Miss is probably not the place to go. If he wants, If he's okay playing defensive back, which – it seems like that's where he is being primarily recruited by most, if not all schools, he's going to play some sort of safety cornerback role, which would be a perfect 
hybrid mix in a scheme like Ole Miss runs to where you could kind of just let him be that athlete out there. So I think it makes a lot of sense from Ole Miss's side of things to just get another athlete in the system, bring him into Oxford, teach him kind of, I mean, the, the thing with him is that with Jai Eugene Jr. is that his dad has taught him everything there is to know about the defensive back position to this point, more than likely. Obviously, he's had his position coaches along the way, et cetera, but his dad won a national championship at cornerback. So it's not like you have to teach him the position from the ground up, but you could get him to Oxford or whatever program he ends up in, but you get him to Oxford, you mold him based off of the foundation that his dad has built, and he can really blossom into someone who fits perfectly in that six, five, six defensive back scheme that don't really have defined positions that you can't call necessarily a safety, a safety in Ole Miss's defense because that safety position will push up and play man-to-man as a corner. You know, he'll push up onto the line of scrimmage and come off the edge almost as an outside linebacker. Jai Eugene Jr. has the ability to play so many different positions on the defensive side of the ball that his presence in Oxford would be very significant for his development as a player because it would allow him to just move freely and and do what he and just make plays it would allow him to just make plays and if you want to get to the next level which obviously he does because everybody does you just have to make plays so almost offers him that opportunity simply to just be a dude and make plays and it will be curious to see if he is comfortable, one, playing as a defensive back, because if he wants, like I said, if he wants to be a quarterback, Ole Miss is probably not the place for him. Neither is really kind of all the other places that are interested in him. Quarterback is likely not that spot. But if he's wanting to play defensive back, and it seems like he's more than willing to do so, his potential has been untapped because you can watch his videos and and see him at these different camps around the country. And and while he looks good, he doesn't look great because he hasn't really specialized in that position and put all of his time and his effort into getting better in man-to-man coverages and zone coverages, et cetera. If you can get him to Oxford and start to teach him all the intricacies of being a defensive back that his dad hasn't already taught him there. The ceiling is significantly higher than his floor. So it would be fun to get him in that system and watch him just totally ball out as a freak athlete who flies around and, and runs around like a banshee, just making plays and lighting dudes up. So if that happens, it would be a very, undersold piece to his recruiting class because he wouldn't be the top name in the class. He wouldn't be the superstar in the class. Obviously he, he has his, his dad's name. So there's some clout that comes there, 
but he wouldn't jump off the page. He's like, oh, yes, Ole Miss signed Jai Eugene Jr. You know, that's the key to the defense. But he could be. So that's kind of a fun way to look at it is, is he's not going to jump off off the page as this amazing recruit that Ole Miss was able to get necessarily. Now he could rise over the next six to 12 months, but he would come in as kind of an under the radar guy that can make a significant impact by the time he leaves campus. And I think that's the type of player that Lane likes and, and the staff likes there is someone that they can get their hands on and mold into the player that they want him to be rather than taking someone who is so, who needs to be fixed. There's no fixing with Jai Eugene Jr. It's just building, if that makes sense. And I think that would be really neat. All right. A couple notable underclassmen that were in town. Um, Also, we we can touch on it. We we talked about him last week, but Neo Avery um, was in town, the four-star edge prospect, uh, decommitted from Penn State, then quickly got a visit on the schedule uh, to come to Oxford. Again, visits always go well, but I, I think Ole Miss made an impression. Randall Joyner, Chris Partridge recruiting him. Um, he told on threes, uh, director of recruiting Chad Simmons, that um, Kentucky and Ole Miss are the two schools coming after him the hardest. Uh, and then now that he has reopened his recruitment, Penn State's still going to be in it. Um, obviously, the local school, um, they are by no means out of it. James Franklin and that staff's recruits at a very high level, but um, getting a guy like that from the Northeast to come all the way down for an official was big. Um, I do anticipate them recruiting him until the very end. Again, much like Aiden Williams, regardless of position, one of the top prospects on their board. Um, but looking at some of the underclassmen that were in town, big contingency from Buford, Georgia. Um, two guys that stuck out to me, um, KJ Bolden, Edric Houston, um, KJ Bolden on three consensus five star. He was in town. Look, I we're not going to spend a ton of time on these guys because they're 2024, but also they're national prospects. It, it's it's going to be tough sledding for Ole Miss to get involved here. Georgia is obviously the favorite um, for KJ Bolden, and I believe I would I would probably venture to say that Edric Houston also um, being from Buford, Georgia. Um, Georgia is in the mix there. Both of them have offers from Alabama. As well, Texas A&M is in the mix for Houston. They just signed one of the probably, if not one of, if not the best defensive line class in the history of recruiting. Um, Both have offers from everybody, but um, getting them on campus um, this early is huge. Um, I had previously talked to K.J. Bolden um, in Atlanta at the Under Armour Next Camp. Spoke highly of Ole Miss, said he really likes Lane Kiffin, talks to him a good bit. and same with Edric Houston, a guy that likes the staff, likes the energy that they bring. Again, that seems to be the theme. Young staff, they relate well with the players. Um, Bolton told me back in February he hears from Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss a lot. Um, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma are also in the mix there. He's got offers from everybody. Um, he told me he talked with his mom. Um, he's going to take a bunch of visits and then try to narrow it down before his junior season. So I would venture to say he's probably going to release some kind of top schools list sometime later this summer or maybe early fall. 
Um, but he said, quote, I'm definitely interested in Ole Miss. I want to go down there and experience it firsthand. He's done that. Now we'll see if they made enough of an impression to get him back for another visit sometime in the fall for a game and then possibly make his top schools list. Edric Houston, same thing. Um, went to Alabama, obviously met with Nick Saban, did the whole photo shoot in his office thing. And then he's also visited Georgia. So two guys, again, it's going to be tough to get them out of Georgia, but Chris Partridge has a big presence in that state. Uh, new staffer, Dane Stevens, who was at USC, is a Georgia guy. Starting to see a lot of Georgia prospects coming to Oxford. And I think that's in large part thanks to uh, Mr. Stevens and his presence on the staff because of his connections down there. But two guys, again, both uh, Bolin's a five-star. Edric Houston right there on the cusp of it. 17th overall prospect in the country in the 2024 class per the on three consensus. But yeah, two guys that are extremely talented. Um, it's going to be hard to get them um, to Oxford if uh, that is what I would say, if obviously almost wants to do that, but um, yeah, Georgia and Alabama are going to be tough to beat for both of these guys. Yeah. But to be in the convert, you have to like, I, I, you have to take a step back sometimes and just think about like, yeah, Ole Miss may not get any of those guys. Not, not a single one may end up committing to Ole Miss, but the fact that Ole Miss is in the conversation competing against these schools who are in national championship contention every single year, speaks wonders about what Lane is doing, obviously on the field, the sugar bowl and all that helps, but like you keep saying, and and I don't think we can hammer the point enough. This staff that is down there in Oxford is impressive. They know not only like what to say, just like what the recruits want to hear, because that's obviously a big part of recruiting, just telling, you know, these recruits like, Hey, here's exactly what you want to hear. I'm going to spell it out for you. But I think Ole Miss keeps it real in that they don't mince their words. They play it straight with these recruits. They're telling them not just what they want to hear, but what they need to hear and what their future looks like and, and how they could be a better and bigger impact player at a school like Ole Miss than they could at a school like Georgia, than they could at a school like Alabama, where there's a lot more competition. And, and that's not to say that Ole Miss is trying to sell itself as lesser competition, but there are more opportunities to stand out at a school like Ole Miss than there are at programs where every single player on the defense or every single player on the offense is a four-star, five-star guy. You can step in to Ole Miss and be a three low four-star recruit and play your way into those spots because the, the talent around you allows you to do that. And so the fact that Ole Miss is, is having conversation with some of these younger guys who they might not land. They might back off in the coming weeks, months, et cetera. They might realize, okay, you know, Ole Miss is very much out of the mix. We're going to step back and let our focus shift towards guys who we have a better shot of getting. But to even get those guys in Oxford, especially when you look at 
the last five, 10 years at Ole Miss. Sure, Hugh Freeze did a good job of recruiting internationally. Matt Luke had some top 25 classes made primarily from Mississippi, pun intended with the Mississippi made there. Um, no coach at Ole Miss, at least in my last, lifetime, the last 25 years, has been able to draw interest from these guys and get them to campus and, and compete with top programs the way that Lane Kiffin and his staff is. And that's impressive. And they're only going to continue to get better at what they're doing as the wins on the field stack onto itself, which you and I both expect this year to have at least eight wins in 2022. When you can stack that on top of the staff that's there, on top of the, on top of the players that are there, it speaks wonders about what Ole Miss is doing in recruiting. And, and there's just no reason to be anything but positive with what the staff is doing and to give them full faith and trust in the talent that they want and the guys that think they think that they have a shot with. So really positive stuff in Oxford right now. And I couldn't speak more highly about what this staff is doing. Yeah. You know, when they first got there, I think a lot of the, the pitch from, from Kiffin and his staff was, you know, Hey, watch what we do in the fall. Yep. Year one, go to the Outback Bowl, beat a good Indiana team. Year two, all they do is win more games in the regular season than anybody else has ever done. Um, you get to another Sugar Bowl. Um, help me out here. What is it? How many access bowls and how many years? I mean, it's it's up there with some of the elite programs in the country. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think at this point now, it's like, okay, you've seen the proof in the pudding on Saturdays. Now come here and, and see what see what we're building. See the yep. the um, the renovations, the additions, the improvements they're doing on the IPF, the locker room, um, the plans for the stadium. You know the new dorms. The you know I mean shit. People were raving. Um, shout out to the homies, uh, Nick Carr, Ben Woodhouse, Austin Gray, the Legal Gambling Council. They were talking about um, how much better um, the square looks. They're starting to update sidewalks and repaved streets and, you know, building this more walking friendly environment around the square. And just, it's a small town. It's a small university. The fan base isn't as big as your Alabama's, your LSU's, your Ohio state's, your Michigan's. But I think you can see the, the effect that Lane Kiffin and this program is having on the university, on the community, on the town itself. And I think that that's now what they're, what they're doing is, Hey, come here, check it out. Uh, I mean, Bryson Sanders said it. He was like, this is the first time I've ever done an in-depth look at the campus and how it blew me away. Um, They, (laughs) they finally redid the union. Um, They've got, you know, just stuff popping up left and right. So I think that that's what the pitch is now. Like not only like, yeah, we're winning games, we're having fun, we're scoring points, all that, but we're also, you know, the amenities are getting better because Ole Miss was behind for a long time. Yeah. They were. I mean, the IPF, you know, was, quote, state-of-the-art. I guess you could say that back when it first opened. But, I mean, there are places now that, I mean, have better facilities than NFL franchises. So they're trying to, you know, get to that upper echelon and get, you know, on that tier one in the SEC. So 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, heck for us to sit here and, and to cover it and to, to look at who they're bringing in and, and see what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it, it definitely speaks volumes of the caliber of players that they're bringing in. So yeah, I mean, KJ Bolden's a five-star. He's the, I believe the third overall prospect of the 2024 class. He may not come to Ole Miss, but for him to take time out of his weekend, pay his own way to come down and check it out. I mean, that's pretty loud in terms of how they're recruiting and how things have changed so quickly in year three of Lane Kiffin. Um, all right. That's going to do it for not committed the Tuesday edition. Uh, we will have another episode coming to you this week. Full disclosure, your boy's going to be on the road, going to be traveling, um, but I will find some place to hunker down in the greatest city in the world to record a podcast, and we will bring it to you either tomorrow or Thursday, depending on schedule. Um, but we will have another episode. Um, we will talk more Ole Miss recruiting. Grayson, anything else before we hit stop? Ole Miss baseball is winning a game right now <laughs> and that's very exciting are you watching it on mute i am and it is the kids day game and i will continue to watch it on mute because it is the kids day game hey man at least the kids are having fun right that's what's important that's all that matters all right another episode coming to you thank you to you the listener for tuning in thanks to grayson for joining me as always thanks to the sponsors for making it possible We will be back later this week with another episode of Not Committed. Remember to like, subscribe, leave a review, and to check out omspirit.com, part of on3.com, to stay in the know and up-to-date on all things recruiting and Ole Miss-related. So, until next time, we out.